Welcome to Down to the Nub Live, a weekly show focusing on premium cigars and good times. With industry leaders, interviews, giveaways, and more, here are your hosts, Cigar Show Tim and Cigar Mechanic Brandon Wells. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Down to the Nub Podcast. We hope you've had a good week so far, good last week since we last had an episode, and that you uh, are doing well, wherever you may be, and that you've had some good cigars. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. We are a cigar podcast. I mean, yes, we talk almost completely about God, but we are a cigar podcast. Yeah. But, and you, you know, I think cigars and God are synonymous. They go together. They're, you know, they bring happiness and peace, and they're the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Maybe not. My, one of my mom's really good friends uh, has been in town this week, and I saw her, and she came over to check out our house because we hadn't seen her. She hasn't been out here in a couple of years. She lives in Arizona. She's actually up in uh, Payson, Arizona. Um, and so she came out here and she wanted to check the house and she saw the studio and she goes, yeah. And your dad told me about this whole cigar thing. And I've seen your posts on Facebook and we were going to have words. And I said, oh, really? What were those words? Her name's Sheila. And I said, Sheila, what were those words going to be? She goes, well, we were going to have words and I was going to talk to you about it. But then your dad told me it was a ministry thing. And I thought, well, I can't really argue that. So I guess our words are done. (laughs) And I said, well, there you go. And then I educated her briefly on some of the research and all that of impact and, you know, health benefits of reducing stress and other things like that. And she goes, no, I guess I really don't have any words. Okay, continue on. <laughs> Thanks for your permission. I appreciate it. And we were, thank you. We were going to shut down the show, Auntie, but uh, no, now, now because we have your blessing, we will continue the show. Charging full steam ahead. We've got Sheila's approval. Yeah, so all two people listening, we have Sheila's approval. Yes, there we go. But it was really cool, actually, seeing how she had shifted and how my dad was like, no, here's what's really going on with it. You know, it's for ministry purposes. You know, God's doing things through it. And then uh, she had already known about our Saturday morning group and things like that. So uh, it was kind of cool that my dad was sharing, you know, what's sprouted from a bunch of different things related to cigars, which was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff comes out of it, and it's, uh, you know, the cigar world is fun. It's introduced us to a lot of really good people, including each other. And, yes, I said we're good people. Um, and here we are. So we if it wasn't for cigars, we probably wouldn't know each other. That is 100% correct. Yeah. God knows what he's doing. Wait, God knew what he was doing to introduce two people through cigars for ministry? Say it isn't so. Shut up. No. Speaking of cigars. I don't believe you. You are enjoying something that I have yet to try, but I've heard a lot about, and I hear it's a very good one. Yeah, enjoying is is putting it mildly, um, and it's not a mild cigar. Because it's not a mild uh, cigar. Yeah, but uh, you know me, I don't smoke a ton of these uh, fuller cigars, but you mm-hmm. know, medium I might do every once in a while. But uh, tonight's one of those nights that uh, it called for a Ipicario Dusk for me to cut and light um, this evening. I, I just don't smoke a lot of, you know, medium, medium plus, full. I, I just smoke a ton of Connecticut. And um, like I said, tonight's one of those nights. So I, I'm smoking the Ipicario Dusk, which is a phenomenal cigar. I'm pairing that with a Hubbard's Cave Iced Mocha. 
Um, and no, this is not a review, so I can pair it with whatever I want because I'm Darn smoking right. it just purely for enjoyment. Um, but it actually is pairing pretty dang good. This is It's called Ice Mocha, but it's actually a uh, stout with chocolate, coffee, lactose, and vanilla beans. Sure. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> I, I don't even know what brewery, uh, Hubbard's Cave is the brewery, wherever that is. And I'm, it's good. So that's all that matters. It's pairing really well, actually. I bet, yeah, with the chocolate and the mocha notes in there. With, yeah, a darker EP. Can't go wrong. Yeah, what are you puffing on there? One of the, uh, I heard you're puffing on something uh, interesting there. I am. I am puffing on. Uh, so Placencia did a complete domination for Luxury Cigar Club's core box for this month for June. And uh, I am smoking the Placencia 146 Cosecha. And was, was that an that. advertisement for for luxury? Uh, Can we sure. charge them for that? We should. <laughs> hey, we well, said your name club. once. Yeah, and now we just said it twice. 1899 core box can't go wrong. No, it's, yeah. it it was really cool though because it, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot about Placencia and the cigars, and I've had um, uh, the Alma Fuerte, and I've uh, tried a couple other ones, um, but I got this one. It had their Reserva Original, and then it also had their uh, Alma del Campo, and so a few different ones from Placencia that I haven't tried yet, uh, and the Reserva Original that I had was really really good. So nice to you know just check out different cigars and see what else is out there and. Um, it's nice. You know, we haven't mentioned in a while that I think we really should, and I feel bad that we haven't, but smoking this EP Cavio Dusk reminds me that you can pick these up at littleguyscigarshop.com. Code CM10 at checkout. Code CM10. And he's got actually, dude, he's got a killer deal right now on Espinosa and on Casa Cuevas. Yes, he does. He's got two. Just I, I think right now is I think if you buy two five packs of Espinosa, including the Wick, uh, you get a five pack of the um, e the uh, e bundles, Habano, mm -hmm. for free. Yeah, which are great, um, great cigars for a bundle cigar. Those are phenomenal. Yeah, dude, they're amazing cigars. So. So they, they, he's always doing such a bang-up job. I know he's got just a killer. I didn't even look at what the Cuevas deal was, but I know it's a killer deal. He's always got a, a killer Cuevas deal going. Um, and uh, so I, I know he's going to have some other stuff coming up here pretty soon for some deals for everybody. But um, he's really doing well. He's crushing it out there. And uh, we absolutely love him. We want to support him in every way we can. Not a paid sponsor. Uh, nope. Just a guy that we just absolutely love and adore. And he does a great job. So yep, support exactly. him. LittleGuysCigarShop.com, not Little Guys Cigars, just LittleGuysCigarShop.com, CM10, to get 12, 10, something percent off. Bleep, bloop. And then you'll be surprised by the discount. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll just put it at that. Yeah. So I wanted to, to touch on uh, something that we had only talked about through Marco, but I talked with a couple of the guys in our Saturday um, group. Uh, a few nights ago about when it comes to Bible translations and some changes that are coming and some that, frankly, you and I can agree we're not happy with um, and others that when you go to the original text make sense. Uh, but I wanted to touch on that at least for a little bit. Um, Travis in our group, who we've had on the show before, uh, is huge into different kinds of Bibles and study Bibles and all that. And so we were talking about how there's a new 2020 uh, New American Standard Bible, NASB translation that's come out. 
and comparing it to the 1995, which was the last update. And we got talking, we're like, so what are the differences? Well, he found a website which has every single verse in the Bible that had been changed or adjusted or words that were removed, words that were added and all of that. And so we spent probably two hours, uh, Travis, JT and myself, all going through and looking at the changes to the point where we were just furious at some of the things that had taken place because the uh, translation is known for being the most literal translation for English, word for word translation that you can get. And some of the words that they've changed it to are more NIV, which is thought for thought, but also they've made it in many ways gender neutral. So instead of saying, you know, sonship, it's sons and daughters. Instead of saying, you know, you know, men, it's men and women. Uh, and, and some of those changes, we have just struggled with a lot. And so I talked with my dad and talked with John um, about some of them. My dad went and looked at the Greek lexicon to look and see what words are actually still fitting and what words are, words are diluted. Because um, he told me in his own words, he goes, I was getting pretty ticked. And so I decided instead of stewing over this, I want to look and see if they screwed things up or if they were justified. He goes, and a good chunk of it was justified, and a good chunk of it was uh, dilution of the word. And it didn't help me feel better. It helped me know that, that some of the stuff was justified, but it didn't help me feel better with what was going on. But I know that you had some thoughts on that as well. Well, I struggle with it. Um, I struggle with a lot of that because, number one uh, – you know, and as I've thought about it more, like, number one, who's to say that the translation we have right now is completely correct? So to, there has to be room for people. As we learn and we grow, we understand more of cultures and language and translations and all those things. I mean, things change over time. There's different there's different inflections and, you know, uh, there's different languages. It's not always easy Mm-mm. to fully understand. Um, and so especially written language. Oh, yeah. So, Translating written language, I, I feel like there has to be a little bit of a little bit of leeway. Now, when we start going gender neutral on this stuff, I get pretty pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I just refuse to believe that we can write a Bible that's gender neutral. There's a there's no reason for it. Why are we erasing parts of history? Yep. Um, you look at you look at biblical times, and Gender is so important in these stories and in, in, in the Bible and in the comments and all the stuff that's in there, like in these verses, it's so incredibly important because it, it sheds light on, especially if you understand the times, it sheds oh, yeah. more light on a story than just the story. It wasn't that just that, you know, that Jesus tomb was found empty. It was that women came and told and shared that the tomb was empty. They were the first ones to know. They were the first to know. And they're the ones that came and told everybody. So when you when you look at that part of a story, why is it a problem to write that as gender neutral? That people found the tomb em- empty. Well, because if you look at biblical times, women were not trusted. Right? They weren't. Yep. Like, if, if a woman told you something, it was like, okay, yeah. But if a man told you a different story. So it's so important to realize and to understand um, and, and even sympathize in the story that this was originally was brought forth by women. Because if you were writing a fake narrative, you would not put in there that women 
who were the not to be trusted were the ones that came and told um, of this and that people believed. Right. When you, I mean, you look at another example that you look at the, the feeding of the 5,000, the two fish and five loaves, and they are saying that there were, um, you know, the feeding of the 5,000. But when you look in the text, it said that that was just the men that were there. That doesn't include the women and the children, which they say, biblical scholars say that there were 20,000 people that were fed by the feeding of the 5,000 with Jesus doing that and breaking bread and multiplying the food and doing that with, frankly, a kid's lunchbox. Uh, but a Lunchable. Yes, exactly. A, an original tuna lunchable. Um, but, but when you look at that, so now do... How how does it okay? So it fed you know the feeding of five thousand is now going to be changed and I haven't looked at it and I doubt they've changed the title of it, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But are they going to change it to the feeding of the twenty thousand and now include men and women and say that it's different? I don't know. I haven't looked at that specifically. I would really hope that they haven't changed that. But there are parts when it says you know about talking about um, men and now it's changed to mankind. Uh, and yes, you can say that there is a general understanding when it says that, you know, um, man should not live on bread alone, but by the living word of God. You know, it, there are times like that. It's now mankind. And yes, we understand that to be all people should live off of the word of God um, and be fed by that. But there are other times where when it talks about men or man, that it it it, it shouldn't have that broad of of a pass down of that knowledge and of that that the weight of the the language, in my opinion, has has been changed significantly in some of those areas in ways that it absolutely shouldn't have been. Now, some words, you know, I'm big on John 15, abide has been changed to remain. And yes, most people don't use the word abide anymore in our culture, and they understand the word remain, to stay, things like that. But the definition of remain means to stay in place, you know, to, to, to stay there. Abide means so much more. And, to live within. And it's, yeah, it's to be continually held, to live within, to be consumed by, surrounded right. by. Remain just, I mean, you tell, hey, remain there until I come back to your kid. Right. Okay, dad said stay still. Very different. Very different right. in the context of it. And which is why I personally, with John 15, memorized it with the, the NASB and not the NIV because I prefer the word abide, the Greek word meno, um, over the word remain. It doesn't mean one is better than the other when it comes to, you know, learning the text, but they do carry different weight. Well, they have different meanings, and I think uh, I think one is better than the other because I think, you know, the abide, that, yeah. is, you know, in, in my opinion, one is better than the other. Abide is so much more powerful than has so much more behind it than remain because the last thing that God wants us to do is be stagnant. Yep. And so if you were to remain in a home, that means you just stay there. If you were to abide in a home, that means you actually live there. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more to living somewhere than just sitting there. Mm -hmm. I feel like during COVID, people just remained in their homes. They didn't abide there. The living yeah. part of it stopped. People just got stagnant, right? They, they just existed. That's all it was. And so when you become stagnant, you, you no longer... You know, and I think we've said it before, nobody wants to drink from stagnant water. No. So would you rather would you rather drink from living water, flowing water? You know, a living a living water is a is a flowing stream. You know, uh, 
you know, so when I think about that and I think about the word abide and it means you know more to me as more of a living in, I'd rather be a part of something that I'm living in than be a part of something that I'm just staying in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't, I feel like I, I feel like I don't, I, I feel like I abide in my home, but I just remain in a hotel for the evening. Like I, I'm not, I'm not here to, to live in this hotel. I'm here just for the night. To have a yeah. place to rest my head, right? Yeah. I mean, people tell you to, in an emergency, remain calm because it means stay there. Stay calm. Right. People don't say, um, abide calmly and, and, and we'll get everybody out safe. No. It, again, two very different meanings of the word. Um, <clears throat> but as we were going through verse after verse, I mean, we spent probably two and a half hours going through, oh, what about this? What about, you know, James 1, 9? What about, the, or John 1, 9? What about this? What about, you know, this? And going back and forth, we looked up, um, I mean, the the verse for House of Rejects, we looked up a bunch of different verses, and, you know, some were not changed. What is the verse for House of Rejects? What's that? What is Psalm the verse for House of Rejects? Close. 118, 22. Ah, I'm slick there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Slick Dixick. <laughs> I, I had the numbers. <laughs> they were there, sort of. They were the yeah. But yeah. we went and looked through a lot of different things um, and a lot of different verses to see how much, if at all, were they changed. Now, and I'll, I'll, I'll give this sort of, you know, not preface, but caveat to it. A lot of the changes that took place were, instead of saying, Jesus said, you know, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It now says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, Jesus said. And so some of the changes are not, you know, horribly big, you know, monumental changes. But some of the other ones, they they took out, and I don't remember, I need to look it up again, but there was another one. Is it fishers of men or is it fishers of people? Uh, fishers of people. Yes, I have a problem with that. Yes. Um, and, and one of the ones that we looked up, and I don't remember the verse, I think we were talking about the Roman road to salvation, uh, and it was, uh, that they, uh, oh, that's right. Uh, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved, uh, or maybe saved. There was one that was talking about, you know, and you may be saved. It now took out may and it is will. So it went from, you had to put forth a conscious effort and you may be saved. Like you will have permission to be saved to automatically you will be saved. And I thought, no, that is not the same at all in, in my opinion, and when they changed and did some of those contextual things, I just sat back and I got more and more and more furious, as did Travis, as did JT, as did my dad. And when I talked with John, my pastor, about it as well, um, I sent him the link that Travis had sent, uh, and he was getting ready to leave on vacation. I said, so I'm curious your thoughts when you get back. You know, I'd love to talk with you more about it. Um, but he goes, you know, right off the bat, for me, this doesn't sit well with me that that they've they've changed and um, and culturally updated for our current time some of the wording in there and made it, you know, men and woman or made it, you know, sons and daughters or made it those different things because that's not what the original text says. Well, when you think about it, fishers of people is a lot different than fishers of men. And there's a reason why congregations chase after the men. There's a huge reason for that. There's a reason why why House of Rejects is focused on men's groups. You, you'll see women and kids at the church all the time, but not always with their husbands. But if the husband goes, the women and kids go. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not a sexist thing for a man to be leader of a home. It's not a sexist no. thing for a man to be just the spiritual leader, 
let alone the leader. And we've we've sissified man so much in the church that what does it mean to be a leader? Oh, you've got to just be soft and pretty and happy all the time. Blah, blah, blah. No, that's not what it means to be a leader. No. That's absolutely not what it means to be a leader. So how do we train these men to be leaders? And if we're fishers of people, that's not going to work. I'm also not going to create mixed <laughs> sex groups. You know, when we look at House of Rejects and creating groups of, of individuals to get together, no, it's groups of men to get together and to fellowship and to be real and raw because problems happen when you intermingle people. Mm-hmm. Unless it's specifically there as a couples group or something like that. Even that can get dangerous. In certain situ- situations and scenarios, yeah. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of couples groups that get real and raw that are getting emotional and sharing that and, and actually breaking down barriers and getting through that stuff, that can become dangerous because what happens when that wife of this man starts pouring into the husband over here and then there becomes this emotional connection, it doesn't work. It just doesn't function. So when you look at when you look at a lot of couples groups, they tend to be Bible studies. We're reading a portion of the Bible, we're talking about what we got out of it, blah blah blah. It's very it's very surfacey study level stuff. But when you start looking at groups of men getting together, it is a tearing down of walls and it's breaking apart and, and, and opening up those parts of your lives to let to, those parts of your life to let God into those places. Mm-hmm. That there's no place for that in a couple's ministry. There just is none because danger will ensue. We've been warned about that, so it's like we can't we can't gender neutralize those parts in the Bible. Yeah. We can't. It's it's when group of men got together, they led their families. It's it's you know there was Adam and Eve. What are we what are we going to change that to? Yeah, you know it. I'm sorry. The man was the first one on here. Man was lonely. God pulled rib from man and created woman. And woman has a beautiful role in 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 the image of God. There's a just an amazing role there. Mm-hmm. But we can't gender neutralize that. Yeah, and some of the things that they changed in there uh, were, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the the text, it says, you know, we are the the, the bridegroom. Uh, it now just says we are the groom. It no longer has the the bridegroom connotation of you know, the the bride you know bride's groom the the the, the groom of the bride, which is what the church is for Jesus. This world's so, going to hell. So now it's it just says the groom. And when I told my dad that, he paused for a second and he goes, really? And I said, yeah, the word bridegroom does not exist anymore. Yeah, this world's going to hell. And, and you know, it's interesting <laughs> because um, the Lockman Foundation is a big theological foundation organization, and they're the ones that went through and they they updated According to them, you know, they just didn't update uh, and updated the the translation for it. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it's it's scary that people that are tasked with upholding the integrity of the Word of God. Yes, okay, if you look in a lexicon and this word means the same as this word, and it doesn't change the weight or the gravity of what's being said. To adjust it and maybe a, an easier to understand word for that verse. Totally understand that as long as you're not changing the meaning of what that verse says. But this Christian foundation 
that has the responsibility of upholding the integrity of the word of God has adjusted and changed it to make it soft. Plain and simple. Well, not to make it soft, but to make it of the world. Yeah. That's that's what's concerning for me. Listen, the church has done a great job of making it soft. They've done an amazing job of that. I mean, the Mr. Rogers Jesus has been just beautifully presented in the church for so long. Yeah, the felt boards for kindergartners. Yeah, that's that's already been done. Now we're we're making it of the world, and that's even more concerning to me because we can get past the softness. We we can get past all that, but the 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 general the gender neutralization and the making it of today's world. Instead of asking today's world to spend a little bit of extra time in God to understand Him and His times and when He came from and what these stories are about, we want to flip it and make it more about today's world because that's what history is all about, right? Mm-hmm. As a historical document, that's embarrassing. Yes. Absolutely. Just set aside God for a moment. Just just take God out of the picture of the whole thing. Take religion and all that stuff out of this thing and go, you know, that's all just, that's all hodgepodge, whatever. Who cares? Take this as the most accurate historical document ever in the history of man, and you want to adjust it. To and it's never standards. been proven wrong. And you want to adjust it to today's standards. Yes. Now plug God back into that and everything he teaches, and you're just like, oh, y'all going to hell. Yep. Yeah. That's embarrassing. It's extremely embarrassing. I looked at my dad. Perfect segue into it. I looked at my dad and I said, I said, this is why I can understand why the, the new Christians or the people that are, you know, undecided in their faith look and go, how can you prove that man hasn't adjusted or manipulated the word of God and it's truly of God they can now look at this translation they can say look you have manipulated what you call the word of God breathed by God inspired by God Christ's words written down and you have now adjusted them by you as man bro when Nazi Germany first began who did they go after first? I'm not good the, at history. I'll, I'll let you continue. The pastors oh, and yeah. the Christians. Because they were the easiest to fold. Yeah. That what what are we doing now? What do we what what happened during even just the beginning like okay, conspiracy theory, here we go, foil hat time. But what happened at the beginning of this whole COVID thing when the churches were the first to be shut down? And they all yep. said Okay. Really? Oh, we'll go online. And then they started censoring online. And now we're adjusting the Bible for today's times. Really? Wake up, people. Well, and think of it. Wake up. And the year of COVID, the year of COVID is when this translation came out. Yeah, you can go the foil hat and continue the conspiracy theory, but the year of COVID and the lies and the, the suppression of the church and now this new translation comes out that shows a more suppressed um, redefining of what the word of God says in some areas. Do you really think that's a coincidence or do you think this is God going like he did many times in all the Old Testament prophet books? Look guys, I'm trying to get your attention. Stay focused on me. 
Don't listen to false prophets. Don't listen to the people that are changing my words. Listen just to me. It's happening right now. Sadducees and Pharisees. Yep. Here we go. It's, I mean, Christians wake up. That's all I got to say is Christians wake up. Um, It's, it's defacing in my opinion of the most holy of words and I, I, oh, I am disgusted by it. I am absolutely disgusted by it. It made your job as a Christian, as a disciple, all the much harder than it already is. Um, but I, I guess I kind of take that back because for me, the most convincing thing for me of God is seeing him work in other people around me. Yes. And no matter what the words are in the Bible, if those are not applied in your life and you're not showing who God is in your life on a day-to-day basis, and people aren't seeing the growth in you because of what God's doing for you because you're getting out of the way and letting him work in you, you got no chance anyways. The whole thing yeah. is this: the the, the 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 whole idea, every every bit of it is to get out of the way and let God do the work. That's yep. every bit of what we go through on a day to day basis. It's the it's the battle between the spirit and the soul. Yeah, and or, I'm sorry, the spirit and the flesh. And the oh, more yeah. you let the flesh win, the 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 more everybody around you sees that. It's not by good works; it's by you allowing God in, Him saying, "Hey, you have the choice." But let me in. Mm-hmm. Make me a part of every part of your life. And let me show you. you know, hold my beer. Let me show you what I'm going to do. Yep. And let him into that. Yeah. Where, where, what are, you, are, you, are you even tithing? Are you trusting him with your finances? Are you a business owner? Do you trust him with your company? Are you, are you doing a devotional in the morning for five minutes just to read the words on a page so you can check the box? Yep. Are you actually spending the time? Are you are you opening your devotional before you even open the book for your devotional? Are you starting that in prayer? Are you casting out the evil spirits of distraction and inviting God into that space? Then getting your devotional, then spending time in silence to hear what he has to say to you while you're going through that those words, while you're reading those verses, while you're looking at those things. Are you bouncing that off of your brothers that are around you so that you can share and you can get information and see if you're on track? Mm-hmm. What are you doing that is making a difference before you even start your day? Yeah. Are you giving God the first of your day? When you wake up, are you checking your emails? Are you playing Pokemon Go? Or are you freaking catching up on Candy Crush or whatever else you got going on? Or are you giving that time to God? That's what matters. And yeah, yep. these words in the Bible are frustrating as heck, and I find it embarrassing as all get out. But you know what? The biggest discipleship that I can have is my life and people seeing God work in it. Yes, there's a, a Christian singer, and I said this in one of our groups a couple weeks ago. Uh, her name is Britt Nicole, and one of the lines in one of her songs is, um, you know, how do I know God's real? Because I see the change in me. When we see the change and what God does in our lives and in other people's lives, that is as evidence, as much evidence as you are ever going to find that God is real. 
when you see the alcoholic, when you see the drug addict, when you see the person, the guy addicted to porn, when you see the woman that is, you know, just sleeping around or caught in adultery or, you know, constantly gossiping and gossiping and all these different things, and you see their life change and you go up to them and you go, oh, what changed? And they go, I just woke up one day and I was tired of it. No, God changed them. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and Give your life to God. Yep. Give your life to God and then share that with others. Yep. And so I'm going to put down in the uh, description down below the link for any of you that want to go and look and see what the changes are. Um, because I'm curious, put in the comment if you want to go and look this up. I know some of our viewers uh, and listeners um, are very educated and learned in the Bible. And, and I'm curious what, what you all have to say or what your thoughts are on this. And if they differ from ours, if they're the same as ours, we'd love to see what you all have to say about this. So I'm going to put in the description below, uh, and for anybody listening on the podcast, the link's going to be there as well, for you to go and check out and see. It is literally a verse-by-verse um, annotation of what, if anything, was changed in the Bible. I mean, some areas they took what was the first third of a verse and they scratched out half of it and moved the rest of it up to the verse before it. For whatever reason that is, I have no clue. It doesn't make sense to me. But I'm going to put all that there because I would love to get, uh, we would love to get all of your take uh, on it and what you think of it. And if any of you are you know, went to theology school or seminary or very educated in Bible translations, we would love to have you comment down below and give your two cents on it. And even if you're not, give us your thoughts, give us give us what you think of it. I'm actually going to talk to the dean for the School of Theology at the university where I used to work, um, and, and I'm going to call him up and just say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Because he is one of the most educated men I've ever known when it comes to Old Testament um, Hebrew, New Testament, Greek, and all of that. And so I'm very curious to get his take on it as well. That'll be interesting. Yep. That'll be interesting. Well, I think we've said enough. I know I have. I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it, it has not set well with me uh, yeah. since. It's embarrassing. Since um, I've talked about it with the guys and, and we were all on. But, um, but yeah, be on guard. If you are a a Christian, if you are a God-fearing man or woman, be on guard and know that even things in the book that you hold near and dear, which should be your favorite book, when people, oh, what's a favorite book you ever read? You better be saying the Bible, and yes, you can say other books after that. But, But be on guard. Be ready. The Bible warns about days coming where there will be false prophets, there will be false teachings. Don't ever think that people will... Um, adjust and change God's words and Jesus's words and how they should be taught. Uh, and so just be on guard. But um, we're going to wrap it up. That's That's been enough. We've gone over by a, a few minutes here for, uh, for this episode. Um, if you are not already, make sure you click that subscribe button, ring that bell, give us a big thumbs up, like this video. Uh, and if you're on the podcast, share it with somebody um, that uh, you'd like to get their take on this as well or get their opinion on it. And then on our uh, socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are at Down to the Nub. And then if you would like to contribute to what we are doing here um, with this podcast, we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash down to the nub. But thank you, everybody, for spending time with us this week. We hope that we have given you something to think about and a way that you can continue um, getting evidence to defend your faith and grow deeper in your walk with God, because that is the entire purpose of us being here on earth is to defend our faith, 
let other people know about God, let them know how much he loves them, and hopefully have them make that decision as well. I thought we were just here to make as much money as we could so we can prove to the world that we're successful. Yes, and have that one person hopefully prove that, that when when they die, they can take all their toys with them. Yeah, that's why I'm going to have a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer behind me when I die. <laughs> mine, mine I'll just have like a, a, a to-go bag because yeah. that, that's, that, that, that's all I'll have with me to, to take. <laughs> I, I had a friend tell me, I've never seen a hearse pull a U-Haul trailer. I'm like, you will when I die. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate you guys. We love you all. Thank you for taking part of, um, in the podcast with us and just being a part of our family here at Down to the Nub. We really appreciate you guys. All the comments, um, the love, um, the likes, the shares, everything you guys do to help support this. We greatly appreciate you and love you all the bits. So you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day, and we will catch you next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs>